In the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Ogmandino uses a character called Pathros to transmit and to share a truth, very simple, but very powerful. The character Pathros is speaking to his protege, the main character, when he says, never feel shame for trying and failing. For he who has never failed is he who has never tried. Never feel shame for trying and failing. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the concept of trying. I'm going to try to frame it for you. I'm going to try to define it in a certain way that I think can be helpful for us. And most of all, what I'm going to try to do is give it a little bit more umph as far as importance, because in today's culture, a lot of emphasis is put on the doing and trying is seen as kind of a weaker word. But I hope you'll find by the end of this podcast that both trying and failing is a part of process in general. We'll get to that in just one second. You have no doubt heard and almost certainly said yourself at some point when discussing things that you would like to accomplish or things that you were in the process of accomplishing. You've no doubt said or heard the words, I am trying or I am trying to or I am going to try to. These are the words we use to denote our attempts, our action attempts in the process, the steps we take to meet the overall or the overarching goal. And today we're going to be talking about process because that's what trying is and that's what we need to do in order to get through any process. But more than that, what I really want you to think about, and this is really the thesis of today's episode I want you in your mind to marry the concepts of trying and doing. In our culture, we separate them because there is a very real material difference between someone trying to do something and someone doing something. And I don't want to remove that material because it is very weighty material. It is uh, it means a lot. There is a uh, there's a big difference between the Wright brothers trying to create the airplane and the airplane that I now am able to book a flight on and get on and go anywhere in the world almost. The one I, I'm going to be able to read about what they're trying. I'm going to have research papers about the materials that they're using, the experiments that they have uh, completed. But on the other on the other hand, the doing like they've done it already, we have countless iterations we have a number of improvements and now we have the airplanes we have now those are two very different things and so i don't want to remove that material however also in our culture because we're so big on the doing there's this connotation when it comes to trying that it's not that serious and some people it's almost like a curse word. It's like, wait, what? Trying? No, no, no. We don't try. We do. And listen, I understand that because, you know, in certain circles, listen, we just got to get it done. However, I want you to understand and you can take this to the bank and you can take this to any industry. You can take this to any arena. There is no doing without trying. There is never any doing without trying. If you've done anything, it's because you've tried. And it doesn't matter that you've tried twice or four times or a hundred times or one time you had to try. And so what I want to do in today's episode is magnify the concept of trying, because unfortunately, there are a lot of people 
who never do because they never try. To jump right into the deep end of the content of this episode, I want to make the first point that we need to grow up and we need to grow into the knowledge that trying is a good thing. Trying is a good thing. It is natural and good for us to try. Now, I'm not saying trying cannot be misapplied to something evil, that you can try to do something evil or have intentions and the will to do something evil. But inherently, trying means that you are exerting energy. It means that you are exerting effort. It means that you are exerting and that you are laying down willpower on the earth. And all of these things are a part of man's mandate. God told Adam, listen, I want you to till the garden. That is an exertion of energy that he was expecting Adam to make. He said, listen, I want you to subdue all the birds and the fish of the sea. He says, and I want you to have dominion power. This is him laying down will, his willpower. Brothers and sisters, I cannot say enough how trying is good. Now, let me say this. Everything that is good is not honorable or cool. And I'm using the word honorable to give a nod to the King James language when he talks about the honorable body parts and the dishonorable ones. It is necessarily a good thing that you use the bathroom, <laughs> right? And I'm not trying to be humorous, but it is something that is good because it is a part of your natural bodily functions. It is not a very cool thing. It's not necessarily an honorable thing. It's not something you are going to share with your coworkers and announce when you go and come back. At least I hope you do not. Please don't. But this is something that this is a, this is a nuance that I want to make. And so a lot of the times I feel like in the way we talk about trying and the way we deal with it, we treat trying as a dishonorable thing. It is not honorable to try. It is honorable to do. And I want to I'm not trying to change that altogether or at least uh, not in this episode anyway. But I am trying to make the argument that do not mistake something that is dishonorable, perhaps to something that is not good because it is easy to do that dishonorable in this in the way I'm using it anyway something that is maybe perhaps not meat for audiences perhaps it is not ready to be shared with the world perhaps it is not polished I mean that's really what trying is to, to attempt to build and to and to fix and to engineer things that process is messy most processes are very messy and I'm not saying that you need to share it with the world at every step and you need to take you know, a full documentary out on the way you're getting your life together. However, trying is good because if you look at trying like you need to rush through it, if you look at it as if you need to tell no one, even if the person is the very person you need to help you through the process to feel that way and to think that way about the concept of trying is necessarily a bad thing because you are at the work are at the best going to delay the process unnecessarily. And at worst, the process will never meet or reach manifestation because I'm too proud or I'm too ashamed to share this process of trying. That should not be. The second thing or the second point I want to make 
in regards to trying is that we need to put aside and we need to put away the mindset that trying is synonymous or equal to usurping the authority of God in our lives or in the earth. This is usually not the case. Now, I'm not saying that someone trying and trying and trying to do something, especially something evil, is not rebellion or is not usurping the authority of God. If the word of the Lord came to you and said, this is what I want you to do, and you went in the other direction like Jonah, then yes, then you are probably trying to usurp the authority of God for your life. However, in cases that are not that, we need to be a little bit more circumspect. We need to be a little bit more thoughtful and think about really what our mandate is. Going back to what we said earlier, God told Adam, listen, I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to have dominion power. And in that same way, you must understand that whenever God wants to do anything in your life, he's not going to do it in some magic blow fairy dust kind of way. Now, I'm not saying that he can't have someone just roll up on you and bless you. I'm not saying he can't open up the windows of heaven. But I'm saying for many campaigns, what I'm saying is that for the very real hard work of becoming something different, becoming and being transformed by the renewing of our minds, it is not going to be some I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to allow you to make you know, make me over in some very cosmetic way. No, you're going to have to do some work in order for my mind to be transformed. I have to live and I have to know and I have to therefore read the word of God, which means that I cannot be transformed while watching MTV jams. I cannot be transformed while watching the latest reality show on VH1. And I'm not saying that the work can't happen while I'm doing that. What I'm saying is eventually I need to stop doing those things to give myself enough time to read the word because those things don't transform me. The word does. And if those things transform me at all, it is not to the liking. It is not to the alignment of the word of God is to the alignment of some subset of the culture. Right. So I need to get out of the mindset that I'm going to usurp the authority of God with my trying. Let's 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 think about what we talked about a few weeks ago. There is in the book of Matthew, there's the parable where the master leaves and goes on an extended vacation or business or whatever kind of trip. He leaves some talents with his servants and he says, listen, I'm coming back. The servant with five talents made more talents to the point where he had 10 and the servant with two talents doubled his as well, where he made four. The servant with one talent said, listen, I went and buried it. And listen, because I know that you a hard man and, you know, I'm not playing with you. So here goes the talent you gave me. And the Bible said he called him a wicked and slowful servant. So he was not only slowful, he was wicked. He was not only wicked, but he was slowful. And I want you to understand that if the man with the five talents had made no other talents, he would likewise be just as wicked and just as slowful. If the man with the two talents would have did the same thing, he would have likewise been wicked 
and slowful. Now, here's where the culture comes in. And here's where I want you to think about you and your particular situation. In our culture, we see success a lot of the times as what the finished product looks like now. So I know that Oprah is successful because she has a network and she's on TV and she rubs shoulders with the biggest celebrities and all this other stuff. I know that T.D. Jakes is successful because he's on YouTube and he's on Instagram. Before that, he was on all kinds of television shows. He knows all the big name preachers. He was on Time Magazine, blase, blase, blah. If you get 10 talents, if you get 100 talents, if you get 1,000 talents from the Lord, it doesn't matter how many talents you have. If you don't make more talents, then you are wicked and slowful. And do not look in the mirror and call yourself successful because you have a big house or because you have an ability to paint or because you have a knack for learning or whatever. I want you to understand that if you've done nothing with it, then you haven't tried. Because if you've tried, you would have done something by now. And unless you're like a child listening to me right now, you've had enough time to try at something. If you have a big house, you had to try to get that big house. And this is where privilege hurts people. This is where celebrities say, listen, I told my children I'm not giving them nothing except for enough to start their own business. Why do they do that? Why did Gordon Ramsay, uh, Chef Ramsay, say that he doesn't allow his kids to fly first class. As a matter of fact, he said they're lucky to be coming on a vacation with us. Why did he say that? He said that because he realizes I'm not doing my children any favors by giving them this lifestyle of lavish luxury and telling them that whatever they want is on a card. All they got to do is swipe. He understands that I'm not doing them any favors because they're not going to be able to replicate what I've done because what I've done is a result of the process that I've been through. And if I rob them of any kind of process, they don't have to have the same process as their father. They just have to have one. And so do you. And so do I. And if you think, going back to point one, that trying is not good or that even trying is not cool, so you are going to minimize all attempts at trying because you just rather not then what you're doing is that you're hurting your natural ability to want to extend what you are capable of. If you watch a child, you they will tell you not what their words, but what their actions that although I am capable of crawling, I'd like to walk <laughs> when they start walking. Literally, it's maybe like a few minutes or a few hours later where they're really trying to run. And perhaps they've seen people run. I mean, perhaps they've seen people walk, but whether they've seen them run or not, they're just trying to go as fast as possible because, you know, that's how kids are. And what they're doing is that they're extending what they are capable of. So all that to say, we need to grow out of the passive mindset that trying is usurping the authority of God. It is actually the opposite. That's really what I've been talking about these last few minutes. God is telling us, take the authority and do something. The servant should not have said, well, you know, God, I'm waiting for you to come back or master. I'm waiting for you to come back so you could do something with it. No, I left it with you because I wanted you to do something with it.
And so what you might think of as usurping the authority of God is actually laziness and slowfulness because God already told you, I gave you the authority to do something with it, not just to have the authority. Like I didn't give it to you so it can be an authority figure just walking around. What are you doing with what I gave you? Finally, my good man or lady, we must understand that failure or at least the shadow of failure is natural in every process. It is it is literally going to show up in any process that can be called a process. And what I mean by a shadow is that it's going to come marketing itself, dressing itself as an abyss when really it's just a crack in the sidewalk. It's going to be a mountain and at length we will have discovered in retrospect that it was a molehill. It is going to be the ocean that turned out to be a puddle. There are enough there are not enough metaphors to <laughs> to illustrate just how this thing works. Failure is always going to be knocking on the door of any man who is moving. Failure is always going to be knocking on the door of the person who is in any kind of enterprise, undertaking any kind of campaign. And I don't want you to look at it as a reason to fret or a reason to say, oh, this must not be what I'm supposed to be doing. As a matter of fact, it is probably what you certainly should be doing in video games. For those of you who play games, shout out to you. You know when you're making progress when the enemies start coming. If there are no enemies coming at you, that means you're not doing something right or you're not going in the right direction because this is the natural state of things. In this narrative, there needs to be opposition. And you might say, well, that's video games. No, this is life. In life, you're always going to be facing something. There's always going to be some sort of problem. I was listening to Obama speak uh, in the UK. I think it was Glasgow. I don't, I don't remember in particular, but I think it was there where they held the conference on climate. And I thought to myself, this man has been tackling issues since his presidency. That's all he did in the presidency. And if you, I were to re ask the rhetorical question, well, when does it end? When do the problems cease? The fact is, the truth is, is that they never do. And I don't mean to rain on your parade, my brother, my sister, good man, good woman. But the problems won't stop. Life is actually not about avoiding problems. Life is all about overcoming them. Don't be ashamed of failing because it means that you tried. And there's something funny about trying. There is something interesting and good about attempting to do something. Even if you don't get the thing you thought you wanted, you end up with something. A lot of the times that's even better. But even if it's not better, you end up with something that can be the stepping stone or the start to something else. And what you thought of as failure is really just someone else's blueprint. What you thought of as failure is really just a different path leading you along a more scenic route, a more beautiful path. And this is what happens when you make the attempt. But if you never make the attempt, then you'll never get anywhere, not just to the destination. You're not just missing the destination. You're not getting anywhere. You're not meeting anybody. 
there are plenty of people right now. You could say it. You might as well say amen right now before I even say it. But there are plenty of people right now who have who will admit that they have made some mistakes in their life. They have chosen some paths that that would have been you know better that that they had not chose those paths. And they will tell you that they met some interesting people and they had some interesting life experiences and they have been able to use those experiences for their good now, even though they're not on the bad path now. They're on the right one. Those experiences help them because doing anything is going to lead to something. Wow, I got to pause for that. As the quote said, he who does not or he who has never failed has never tried. Why is it important? Who cares? At least he didn't fail because there is something inherently valuable in trying. Let me give you a few points before we close. Jesus the perfect man, perfectly God, perfectly man, came. He chose 12 disciples. He had many disciples, but he chose 12. And he said, actually, to the Father, I have lost none of them except the son of perdition. Judas was lost. And was that a failure to Jesus? No, it really wasn't a failure, but it was the shadow of failure, depending upon your perception. If you're outside looking in, if you don't know the story, if you don't know what is written in the Old Testament concerning Jesus, perhaps it's like, oh, that's that's not good. And even just on a natural way, it's not good that this guy just committed suicide after betraying Jesus. That's There's nothing good about that. There's no success story there for him. But that doesn't mean Jesus wasn't successful. He was perfectly successful. Also, in that same kind of vein, I want to I want you to understand that losing a battle is not synonymous with losing the war. As a matter of fact, there are some battles that you or excuse me, there are some wars that you will not win unless you are willing to sacrifice a battle or two on the way to ultimate victory. That's really what sacrifice is. A lot of the times it's I'm going to take this. L or what feels like an L for those of you who don't know what L is a loss so that I can ultimately gain the win in the long term another example can be seen in what we read have you ever read something with a typo in it it was the final product but there was some typo there was some comma that was missing or there was just some word that was misspelled you've seen that before likely if you've read any number of online articles uh, if you've read things on Facebook, that's, you know, errors abound on Facebook statuses. <laughs> Some of mine, honestly, there are text messages you get messages you get from your friends. And it's like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. But that doesn't mean you can't get the gist of what they're saying because there was a typo. I'm not going to throw away a whole article because there was some period missing. Who cares? I got the message. Did they fail? No, they did not fail. Now, if you want to get very microscopic and say, did they fail to not have any typos in this? Sure, you can say that. But really what you're saying is that they failed to be perfect. That's really what to say something needs to be completely free of error is to say that this needs to be perfect. And I read something earlier today where this guy was saying, my mentor taught me that done is better than perfect because perfect is never done. And perfect outside of 33 years <laughs> in the Middle East 
spent by a man named Jesus of Nazareth has never been done. It has never been done outside of that 33 years. And therefore, it shows us that you can win while losing some stuff. Just try. One time I was talking to a friend. We were in uh we were in college or perhaps it was a year after college and I was applying for some graduate program. I don't remember exactly, but I was telling him about these iterations and uh these drafts that I was writing and oh, it's not coming out like I want it to. Um or perhaps it was just some project I was working on, but I was just kind of complaining about the process and telling him like, well, you know, I think I got it, but I got to change it because it's just I'm trying to get it to the place where, you know, it it is what I imagine at the beginning. And, you know, it's OK, but it's just not it's not there yet. And he said, you know, that's all well and good, Carl. But listen, don't sacrifice or jeopardize what something is for what you thought it would be. Never sacrifice what something is for what you think it should be. Listen, things are not going to be perfect. Things are not going to be what you imagine them to be all the time, but that doesn't mean that they're not perfectly as they should be in their given form. And is that perfectly imperfect? Because, you know, all we know is error in this, in this, on this side of heaven. Sure. But guess what? It could be super valuable to someone. I guarantee you this podcast episode is going to have many, many errors as they all have. And I mean, I'll, I hope I get better. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be bad at my craft. However, that is not a reason for me to say I'm not going to make any more episodes because this episode didn't turn out the way I like or I would have liked it to. Certainly, that's the, that's the case for many of them. But guess what? People have been telling me, hey, that was good. And I feel like when I listen back to them, this might help someone. And I'm not going to sacrifice helping someone for helping myself to feeling the feeling of perfection. So for you perfectionists out there, let that go. Elect to do good. Elect to do good rather than to work on meeting your standards. In the meantime, work on your standards because they're unrealistic. We must understand failure is a healthy part of the. Don't chide anyone for telling you, hey, I had a setback. Please don't do that. Don't get down on yourself for having a setback. It happens and it's supposed to happen. How are you going to deal with it? Let some stuff go in order to win in the long term. You've been listening to Sundry Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Carl. And as always, it's been my pleasure to bring you my thoughts surrounding this topic of trying. Listen, I want you to head on over to Instagram. I'm going to be presenting or polling a question there. And I want everyone who's listening to this to participate. If you have an Instagram account, a couple of my longtime listeners let me know that after some of these episodes, they're just dying to share and get involved without dropping a line in the email. A shout out to Javon and Naya. So go ahead, get up there on Instagram if you have one and answer the question I'm going to present there. Let me leave you with this quote by Samuel Beckett. He says, try again, 
fail again, fail better. You all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll be talking to you soon.